Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. It's JB here and I'm on this week with Nicey. Nicey, how are you, buddy? And how'd your round go this week? I'm not too bad, JB. Scored in the two fours this week, so not too displeased with that one, but uh, a bit frustrating that uh, I seem to be scoring well on the ranks, just uh, just not climbing any higher than about the uh, the 18k mark. So yeah, not 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 too not too bad, not too pleased. Yeah, it can feel like you're pushing a boulder up a steep hill when you're still trying to make those upgrades and finish well in all your leagues because all the all the other um, the players going for ranking have burned all their trades out and are scoring a little bit better at this stage of the year. But I guarantee when players like myself with zero trades get more injuries, you'll fly up the ranks there nicely. So um, me personally, I've just uh, I've touched on 2,400 this week in the score. Um, my rank's about 6K, uh, almost on the dot. So I have recovered from my early season blues where I was hovering at about 400K. Um, and yeah, sitting at about where, I mean, I'd hope to have recovered from, but hopefully next year is a little bit better than this year. I think the players will be easier to predict next year with all the potential uh, DPPs and the Crips and the Olivers. And I think uh, a lot of players will have over 30, 40% ownership at the beginning of next year. So it'll be exciting to see how that goes nicely. But what we're going to do this podcast is something a little bit different. It is coming up to the Supercoach finals this week. Uh, it snuck up on us a little bit, but we're going to jump into a little bit of tactics and we're going to finish off with our top players per line if you're looking to make that last upgrade or if you're looking to upgrade a, a performing, an underperforming premium. So firstly, my, my first t- sort of tactics question for you, Nicey, is if you had underperforming premiums entering the Supercoach finals, you're otherwise full premium, you've got say four or three or four trades in hand. Uh, and you've got the likes of Robbie Gray, Jack Crisp, uh, Buddy Franklin, Walters, the list goes on, Dustin Martin. What are your thoughts in, on what to do with these players? Because uh, I know a lot of players playing for league might be in their elimination finals this week. They've got maybe one, two, three, four, whatever trades left. And they don't want to go into the, the week afterwards after having a Dustin Martin or Robbie Gray 60 and losing their elimination final and going into the next week with four trades and nothing to play for. So um, what are your thoughts on the underperforming premiums entering the Supercoach finals? Well, that's exactly it, isn't it, JB? I mean, you've just you've just sort of hit the nail on the head. I think um, what you said about, it, depending on where you are situated on the ladder, what, what final you've got coming up, I think if you're in an elimination final, you have to pull out all the stoppers and, and just make the trades that you think are going to get you over the line. Um and depending on what the players are, you mentioned a few players there. Um, if you have someone, say, like an Isaac Heaney, who might be underperforming, you know, not to the same extent as, say, a Robbie Gray or a Michael Walters, I'd prioritise your players, obviously, on who you need to upgrade first. Um, and also, depending on how many trades you need to make to actually uh, to actually get across the line. Uh, if it's just a simple straight swap, one trade, and you, you have, as you say, three or four remaining, I don't think that's as much of a risk. But if you're having to make two trades to maybe downgrade someone on your bench and then and then make a big upgrade trade, uh, that might not be might not be uh, worth it, um, depending on depending on your your situation. What I like to do, JB, just just quickly as well, and I, I get uh, get a bit of stick from this from the boys, but I like to go into my opponent's side for for my money leagues and and you know the leagues that mean a lot to me. Write down, compare the sides side by side. Uh, if they've got a premium that I think 
I could bring in, or, or maybe a point of difference player, I'll match that and bring in a player of theirs as well, depending on, you know, no, it's good to know how many trades they've got left and what sort of situation they, they're in. Um, obviously not going to help for overall rankings, but but in your in your money leagues, I like to sort of negate a lot of those point of difference players um, just to try and get an edge uh, if I back the rest of my team in, my the rest of my unique picks in. Yeah, and that's a very good point. Um, I think we'll definitely discuss Uber premiums in a moment, um, those that you've missed and uh, those that you'd upgrade to them. But um, on, on the underperforming premiums such as uh, Graham Walters, I just want to get your just a quick take on who you'd actually trade out of your side if you are holding on to them still. So I'll start off with Robbie Gray. He's got a tough run home with uh, Adelaide West Coast, Collingwood and Essendon coming up. Do you think it's likely he goes back into the midfield and, and starts churning out those points um, as he did at the end of the Bulldogs game? Or is he likely to stay up forward a bit and cop a bit of a, not a tag from the opposition, but they definitely play a lot more closer attention to him considering the match when he is. So if you were an owner of Robbie Gray seeing the past few weeks be very lowly compared to his first few, what would you be doing with him? I have both of those players in my side at the moment, both Gray and Walters. Just looking at them yep. both, I am going to be holding them. Uh, Robbie Gray is playing three of his last four games at the Adelaide Oval, and Walters has three of his last four at Optus Stadium. So I hope that that's sort of going to provide a little bit of, of an advantage to them. Um, as for where they're going to be positionally on the day, you know, anyone's guess is as, as good as mine, but um, it would be nice, obviously, the more the more midfield minutes Robbie Gray can play. That said, if he's up forward and, and kicks goals... I think at this point of the year we'll take an eighty or a ninety from from Gray and Walters. Um, it's it's you know we were talking um, pre-show today about our top six forwards, which we'll touch on later in the show. But um, I definitely definitely think that there's slim pickings up forward, and and if we're copying a, an eighty or a ninety from Gray and Walters, then I, I think we're laughing. Yeah, exactly right. And you do sort of have to put a prediction in for those players and and see what you would be trading out potentially or would be trading. Uh, in and, and the, see if it's worth it. Uh, if you if you owned both Walters and Robbie Gray, uh, Nicey, who would you be prioritizing to trade out if you were dead set on trading out one of them? Well, I was just going to say bef- before you touch on that, we're only talking about that because they've both cranked out a sixty this week. If one of them had 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 popped out a, a eighty or a ninety, we we wouldn't be having this discussion. So hopefully, it's just just a little blip in in both their radars at, at the you know coming the same week. But um, that said, I, I think I'd be looking to trade out uh, Michael Walters, I think. Uh, probably just a little bit more inconsistent than Robbie Gray. Robbie Gray is still averaging 100 points, so we know he's got that super high ceiling, uh, as does Walters. He's, he's, you know, he, can, he can go big as well, but I think I'd be more inclined to hang on to Robbie Gray over Michael Walters. Yeah, I tend to agree uh, with everything you just said. They both are coming off a bad week. Um, both players obviously have a lot of pride and uh, should bounce back. Walters is one of the most inconsistent players in the AFL at the moment. So if he's coming off a bad week, that generally means his week afterwards will be pretty good. So um, I wouldn't be trading either of those specifically, but Walters would be the one I'd, I'd look at if I was trading either of them out. Um, he did play his last game at Optus Stadium for that lowly score. So I don't know how good those home fixtures will be considering uh, Fremantle don't look like being ultra competitive, whereas Port Adelaide, if they get a hold of one of these big teams and, and Robbie's on the end of a couple of goals, then you really see him scoring up in the in the, in the 100 mark again. So um, that's my thoughts on those. Now we'll switch over to Jack Crisp real quick. 
Um, do we think there's anything to worry about Crispy? Because it is true that he does average significantly higher with Murray out of the team. Um, and seeing that Sam Murray put out a 38 this week, do we think it's possible that he goes back and has a little stint in the twos and Crispy goes back to his stellar form? Well, as you, as you again, as we were talking about before, it's a very predictive uh, sort of assumption there, JB. But I guess we, we wait and see you know, on the teams and, and wait and see what happens, whether the, you know, correlation with Murray is a, you know, is a direct, um, you know, result of his, his uh, lower scores, you know, who, who knows, but um, it certainly appears to be that way. Um, yeah, just have a look at the sides. But I, I think um, if you've got Jack Crisp in your side, just, just going off his past form, I know he's had a couple of bad weeks in a row, but... At this point of the season, I just I just don't think that we can afford to be trading out. If we've got low trades, um, we can afford to be trading out those uh, those sort of players off the back of, uh, you know off the back of two two sort of poor weeks. Because imagine if if you know you've got one of your premiums, if Mitchell or or Cripps or Danger goes down, say in the in the last couple of weeks with a hammy and, and won't play until finals, you 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 know gonna gonna be wanting one or two trades left if you want. And if you make a trade like that, I think you'd be you'd be ruining that. Um, later in the year, so um, I, I think I'd be hanging on to Cripps just just on his past form. He's had a had a fantastic year. Um, I'd I'd be taking the conservative approach on him. Yeah, definitely, and it it does seem like you're erring towards the conservative approach on most of these picks. So I've got a, a better one for you. If four of the last five scores for your premium were 73, 60, 61, and fifty two with a 109 chucked in there. And if the coach had just said that they'd played, trained for maybe 20 minutes this season, 20 minutes, Nicey, not 20 sessions, 20 minutes here, would you be considering trading out Buddy Franklin considering he's obviously looking a tad slower and a tad less sharp since the foot injury? Yeah, no, I absolutely would be. Um, it was stunning statements from uh, from Paul Ruse. Uh, on the weekend, but um, yeah, you you know, Buddy's Buddy's had some big games this year, but he's obviously, obviously, you know, petering off towards the back half of the season, and and Sydney Sydney definitely have uh, a tough little trot coming up. They play Collingwood uh, at the SCG, then Melbourne at the G, Giants at Spotless, and the Hawks at home. So it's a tough little run for Sydney there, and, and some some good defenders that uh, that Buddy's going to be be coming up against. Um, Particularly if you've got Heaney in your side as well, you know, plus maybe a Gray and Walters. That's sort of, um, yeah, it's it's just it's really hard to sort of, you know, know what to do, and and you don't want to be trading out a, a superstar like Buddy. But having said that, if if he's one again that your opponent maybe doesn't have, I'd be looking to to get rid of him because he's just he obviously can win you a game, but I think. Uh, coming off scores of, of a 61 and a 52 um, in his last two. And I know we just said we can't trade players out off the back of two weeks, but um, it's sort of that run has extended a little bit longer for Buddy. Um, unlike you said, uh, you know, throw the throw the North game in there at, uh, where he scored 109. But I think Buddy's probably one that you might be jumping off the bandwagon for. So obviously I'm taking the conservative approach, but you've also got to know, uh, you know, you can't you can't be too dogmatic um, with with certain players and and I think Buddy you know he's, he might have done his dash as a lot of key forwards have you know if you've got a player like Jesse Hogan watching him move about on the weekend at the end of the game I don't think you'd be too wrapped um, 
to have him in, in your side for the rest of the year. He is looking like one sore boy, and I think Franklin just hides it a bit better, but um, he's you know definitely in the same boat. Yeah, yes, it's very, very, very well said and great use of the word dogmatic. So um, I think you're spot on with Franklin. He's definitely a liability if uh, four out of five weeks is a sub-ton, and not only sub-ton but sub-70 score, then he's not someone that I'd want to take into four weeks of a finals campaign. So um, he's definitely on the out for me. And having said that, we'll move on to the next little bit of tactics, and that's if you don't have one of the Uber premiums that is insanely popular, and you do the little nicey tactic and look ahead at your opponents and see that they've got the likes of Jake Lloyd, who you missed out on, Patrick Cripps, who... Uh, for some reason you don't have, or even a Brody Grundy while you're carrying uh, a Stefan Martin who's playing well but isn't quite on the same level. What is your tactics around that? Would you be trading someone who's at sort of borderline top top eight of their position for someone who's really in that top three, knowing that your opponent has them? Yeah, I you you have to be you have to be bringing in these uber, uber premiums, and if you've if you've down to your last two trades and you're in an elimination final. That's where I'd be moving heaven and earth to bring in a player like a Tommy Mitchell or a Patrick Cripps or, you know, someone that, that you know, you just absolutely have to have um, that's picked in a huge percentage of sides. The the uh, the um, exception to the rule there, I think, just having a look at the um, the players that are picked in the highest percentage of teams, I wouldn't be wouldn't be doing much to get Dustin Martin in at the moment. He's owned it. Uh, in 53.8% of teams and Isaac Heaney 49.3%. So wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, desperate to get those two into my side, even though Heaney did make an appearance in the last week or two in my side. But um, yeah, not wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be looking at those two. But definitely, if you somehow don't have a Gorn Mitchell, Rory Laird, Jake Lloyd, Paddy Cripps, Elliot Yo, these sort of these sort of players, um, I'd definitely be yeah be that's where I'd be burning your trades to, to bring in an, an, you know, a massive premium that can definitely get you across the line. Cripps is, you know, 173 on the weekend. I'm sure won a lot of plays, a lot of games on the weekend. Um, and Tommy Mitchell's 150, you know, it just goes without saying you, you put the vice captaincy on, on Grundy like I did this week and, and took his 157 and then Mitchell churns out a 150 as well. Um, it's, you know, it's such a benefit to your side and, and is the difference between scoring, you know, a score like a 2-2 and scoring a 2-4-2-5 and, and winning you a final and, and getting you through to the next week. So um, a player like that that's just owned in such a large percentage of sides and is averaging, you know, 120, 130, um, absolutely be, be burning those last two trades. Yeah, and um, alternatively, put yourself in the, the shoes of the opposition player um, in, in Supercoach, the opposition finals player. And if they've got a, a Cripps or Mitchell or McRae and, and they do the nice tactic and have a look at your side, if I saw that a, an opposition player of mine didn't have one of those three, that'd be my auto vice-captain slash captain mm. instantly. And same with Grundy. Like, it, Why would you not do that and try and take full advantage of a player missing out on, on an Uber premium like that? So exactly. if I was carrying a, a Dustin Martin or... Even an Ed Kerner, who's who's still putting out good scores of a hundred plus, but not quite that McRae Crips like. If if that's what it took for me to be able to get to one of those Uber premiums, I'd happily do one of those trades yep. and and get one of those players in to to really shore up the the VC or, or C option and make sure you don't get burnt on the other side. So exactly. yeah. Um, having said that, we will jump into 
just a little segment here, Nicey. Yep. And I think I want to name our best defenders, forwards, midfielders, and I don't think we need to talk about rucks because that's a quite clear top two there. Um, just for those who are making their last upgrade or are thinking of doing a side swap, I think this is can be a good guide as to who we should be looking at or not looking at in the top sort of defenders, forwards, or midfielders because there are a lot of deceiving players that are, you know, were in good form at the start of the season but then are really tapered off uh, and, you know, you could be looking at their average and going, yeah, that's fine for 110, but they could be, you know, in really bad form. So, I mean, Dustin Martin's a great example. He doesn't reflect his average at all at the moment. So um, we'll start on defense nicely and I'll read out mine and and you can read out your points of difference to mine. So right now I've got Laird, Lloyd, Yo, and Simpson as my very obvious top four. If you're missing any of those and carrying a Shane Savage type and you're... You know, you've got a couple of trades up your sleeve, and you know you're in an elimination final. I'd be, I'd have no problem trading to one of those four. I've then got Crisp in there, at number five, which was difficult to put in because there are some good Melbourne assets there, but their tough run coming up really puts me off them. And uh, Crisp, if uh, Murray gets dropped or if Murray's not the reason he scored poorly in the last couple of weeks, and he he just comes back out and does Crisp things. Um, he, I think his ceiling of 110 average is almost second to none in defense bar the four that I've named. And then lastly, I've got Heath Shaw, which is a bit of a point of difference, I think. Um, probably will be a point of difference with your top six. But without Finlayson, he averages 105. So Finlayson not playing at the moment and Heath Shaw having a really, really purple patch in his season. I think without Finlayson um, in the next few weeks, he could be a very, very good and sneaky point of difference defender. And uh, the average with and without Finlayson, 83 with, 105 without. So, um, And I have to give a shout out to the, the statistics uh, man, Kane, on that one. So um, he did a bit of research for me there. So um, did you have any point of differences in defense there, Nicey? No, the, the locks, uh, as you said, for the first four, that's um, quite the same. I had them in a slightly different order. But five and six, as you said, were quite tough. I've put uh, Jack Crisp, like you said, uh, I've put him at number six. But number five, I have Shannon Hearn uh, sneaking in, just uh, just the second West Coast Eagle there in, in, uh, in my defense uh, as my top six uh, defenders there for the year. He's had, I think I counted eight tons for the year, which you'd, you'd take as a defender every day of the week and quite a few of those 90s. Uh, a low score of just 58. That was quite uh, quite a low outlier as well. He hasn't gone uh, anywhere near that. Uh, well, 61 in round 13 against the Swans, but um, everything else has been 70s or above. Uh, and then with games uh, against Fremantle, Port Adelaide, Melbourne and Brisbane to come, uh, you'd hope you can rack up a few more uh, high scores there. So, yeah, Shannon Hearn, my only point of difference there. Yeah, love it. And Hearn is a very consistent and very good option as well, I think. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of our top sixes there. Um, we'll move on to forwards. And I think, uh, I don't even know if this is more clear cut because this was definitely confusing for me as well. Um, so in the forwards, I've got Westhoff as my number one, Tommy Hawkins, number two, Heaney, I've still got at number three, still very consistent and still very good. Devin Smith, speaking of consistency, at my number four. Mundy as well at number five. And then I've snuck in Robbie Gray there just over Bruce. And I can probably say that that's completely biased because I think Robbie Gray is going to have a good run home despite his last few weeks. But 
Um, for me, I've mostly gone with consistency in my forward line. If I'm trading to uh, upgrading to a forward, the the only the well, the one thing I don't want is a Walters type who you know can turn out a forty or a hundred and forty. I really want the Mundys, the Smiths, and the Heenies that generally hover around eighty five to 110 um, and sort of just don't really waver from that at all. Still have the ceiling there, but you know mostly don't have the low floor that the others have. So um, I was most surprised at putting Hawkins in there because he's had an incredible six-week run. So um, he would definitely be my top pickup if I didn't have him in the forward line. And if I was carrying someone in the forward line like Michael Walters that we spoke about earlier, Hawkins would definitely be the type of player that I'd look up to um, if I was making an upgrade. So um, how was your top six, Nicey? Yeah, it looks, again, very similar to yours. Um, can't remember who you had in there instead of who I've gone with for uh, Toby McLean there. Um I just think with an average of almost 98, you have to squeeze McLean in there. He's had a couple of bad weeks, uh, just bookended his buys. He scored a 63 in round 11 and a 52 in round 13. Um, but coming off uh, the last three weeks, he's you know he's gone a bit, bit cold in the last three weeks, but scores of 90, 86, and 80, like I was saying earlier in the year, I think you're laughing if, uh, if you've got players scoring that at this point uh, in your forward line because everyone seems to be underperforming except for except for the big man, Tommy Hawkins, who's kicked um, seven goals in his last two games, which I think is the first time since uh, Drew Petrie back in 2012. So Tommy Hawkins flying at the hey. moment, and he just he sneaks in into my top six as well. As, as, sneaks in at number two uh, to my top six. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it feels you, that way, doesn't it? It sneaks in well, because you, just look at Tommy you don't Hawkins. expect him. Yeah, exactly. You just look at Tommy Hawkins' year, and he's almost... Uh, it's very linear sort of uh, sort of graph. He's just improved seemingly every week, and uh, he's really hitting hitting his straps before before the finals. So uh, yeah, Tommy Hawkins gets in there. If not, uh, you know, probably the the least picked um, forward. I haven't haven't got the stats up for that one, but pro- probably not in as many teams. Tommy Hawkins as, as some of these other guys that we're mentioning that are going through some rough patches, but could be a big point of difference player for if you're uh, if you're a bold uh, bold super coach player. At the moment, looking to looking to get that advantage over over your, over an opponent. Yeah, and could also be a good pick for a, if you're not a bold player, if you've got hair as well. So mm. um, let's not discriminate. Um, <laughs> we'll go on to the midfielders now, and it's a top eight for this one. I think uh, the top six are probably the most obvious picks mm. in any facet of the game, yeah. and that's uh, Tom Mitchell, Jack McRae, uh, Paddy Creeps, Clayton Oliver. Uh, Josh Kelly for me and Patrick Dangerfield. The next two is where we might differ a little bit. I've got Lockie Neal in there as a very safe option with Fremantle. Um, like you said, three games at Domain Stadium, uh, which he loves. So I think uh, they'll come home very... Sh- is it called Domain Stadium still? Is that is Optus. that the old one I'm thinking of? Optus. Stadium. Optus now, yes. Um, I was going to get pulled up if I didn't <laughs> correct myself there. Uh, Optus Stadium, he's got three games out in the last month. So... Very confident with him. And then I've got to put my boy, Shawnee Higgins, in there, who's averaging about 220 in the last month and a half. So uh, if you don't have Higgins in already, then, I mean, you're probably not even in the top eight, but he's definitely someone that I would look to to upgrade to. A bit of a point of difference as well, Nicey. So we know we love the point of differences. So uh, who are in your top eight, mate? The, uh, the top six stays the same, mate. As you said, the uh, the top six are, are pretty easy to distinguish, um, but coming in are two boys that I've talked up for most of the year, 
Um, got around Andrew Gaff in the last couple of weeks. I finally uh, finally backed my man in. Uh, he's averaging currently 108 over his last five rounds with a season, season average of 107. So he's been super consistent all year. I think he's only had the low score of 74. Uh, and other than that, he's he's hit 100 nearly every week uh, in his first... Didn't, didn't drop below 100 uh, and dropped below 100 in round 1, 92, but then didn't drop below 100 until round 11 against the Saints, and has since then churned out five tons in a row. His last two weeks have come with scores of 95 and 87, so he's been there or thereabouts every week. Uh, the only criticism I had of Gaff earlier in the year was that he just didn't have that high ceiling uh, that a lot of the players have, um, but looking through his stats now, he's scored six above 120, so he's really started to lift that. Um, so Gaff sneaks in at number seven for me, and then my number eight uh, is another boy who I've talked up for most of the year, Ed Kerno, just had a fantastic season alongside Patrick Cripps, um, and probably benefited as well from Cripps having such a good year in that he didn't cop the tag himself. Um, but Ed Kerno is one that I may be looking to upgrade. I still have Tim Kelly, uh, in my forward line, uh, sorry, in my in my midfield, um, so maybe looking to to bring Ed Kerno in, but I just thought I'd I'd sneak him in at number eight, seeing as I've um, talked him up all year. That's a bit biased, nicey. I didn't make any biased picks myself, <laughs> and you've come out with Ed Kerno. Don't, oh boy, JB Sean Higgins was very close to making your list, wasn't he? He's average. He's in my list. I, he, I read him out. He was yeah, number he was seven. In there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was too. No, not no, not biased at all. No, no, he's averaging, like I said, he's averaging like 220 in the last month. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair um, and, and a sneaky chance for the Brownlow as well. He actually is. He now, is. that's Absolutely not messing is. around nicely. No, no, don't, no. That's, don't toy with my emotions. I would absolutely get around Sean Higgins winning the Brownlow this year. <laughs> uh, Mitchell might have it in the bag already, but Mitchell hopefully Sean gets Gorn. Mitchell or Maxi Gorn. Yes. Hey, Ruckman don't poll. Ruckman uh, do not poll. Maxi Gorn's hard I to remember, so go past, though. I remember when Todd Goldstein pulled out a 220 in Supercoach uh, two years ago. Mm. I think he polled one, one vote for the match. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's when I swore off ever betting on a Ruckman ever again in Brownlow Stakes. Oh, the umpires, so, the umpires don't go by Supercoach points, though, do they? <laughs> well, but he dominated, should. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Gorn's beard will get him in the, the, the limelight a little bit that's more. That's what I mean. He's a bit, little bit noticeable. Short, um, Todd Goldstein... <laughs> good player but he's a little bit of an everyman isn't he maxi gorn sort of sort of stands out a little bit <laughs> an everyman i love it um so like we said the rucks are very predictable alango and lavender as our top two if you don't have them upgrade to them asap um they're probably two of the most captain players this year alango and lavender so absolutely it's not a horrible shout yeah <laughs> no nah. um, jeffrey's from north having well. said that <laughs> Having said that, we will do the, the captain's wrap this uh, Thursday um, because we do need to put a, a lot of research into that considering our, our allocated captain's article man has uh, gone AWOL. He's moved house and had no internet since, so bit disappointing. Uh, but an important week for captaincy, so we'll try and string something together. And that'll pretty much do us, Nicey. Do you have any closing thoughts, or are you, is that it? I've just got I've got one closing thought, JB. Just a little bit Excellent. of a yes. just, just one more little sort of Nicey tactic. Heading into the finals, this is not something I've done much this year, and maybe that reflects my poor year. But I do like to play a little bit of cat and mouse <laughs> with my opponent. I like to keep them guessing and on the edge. Just 
have a look at your team, have a look at when your players are playing, have a look at who you're wanting to bring in each week, um, and just leave that trade until the last possible moment. Um, I'm just having a look at my side this week. I don't know who I'm playing this week in the finals, but if you're listening to the podcast, just ignore me for a second. Um, I've, I've still, as I said, still got Tim Kelly. Now, he's going to be playing on Friday night, so I'm going to have to make that move. But another player that I could consider upgrading is Stephen Coniglio. Now, the Giants don't play until Sunday at 1.10. So if you're going to do a straight swap for, say, Coniglio to a Cripps or to a, uh, to a Josh Kelly or Clayton Oliver, someone else that plays on the Sunday, Lockie Neal, just leave that trade until Sunday. Just just keep your opponent guessing. And like I said, not going to matter. If, if, if they don't have a trade, then it's not going to matter. But if... If they're looking to trade and you've left that trade to the last minute, they might not have the same flexibility that you do um, when making uh, when making their trades, and you know might force a panic move, might force you know a, a risky captaincy option from them. Um, I think just leave your trades, plan your trades, leave them as late as possible, and just toy with your opponent. Maybe flick flick your vice captain around a little bit and and toy with them that way. So. <laughs> I like to keep my opponents guessing, JB, and that's what I'll be doing uh, this this round. That's probably as dirty a supercoach tactic as you could possibly conjure. So, I, I, um, look, mate, no, I, I all, love it though. Fair in love and war. And oh, I love it. You, you have to you have to pull all the stocks, don't you? I yeah. mean, holding off that trade should be um, should be on most people's agendas anyway. Mm. Considering a late out exactly. could be devastating and. Uh, for example, if, if you're tossing up between trading two different players and one of them is laid out on the Saturday night and you chose the other one and you made your trades Friday, you'd be absolutely devastated. So yep. definitely hold those trades till the last possible minute unless you're facing Nicey this week. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's great advice, actually. I did not expect that. Nicey, well played. Um, but that will wrap up the podcast. Um, just around 30 minutes, so hopefully uh, a short and sharp one this week. Um, make sure you catch us on the SoundCloud to the iTunes and leave a review wherever you can. Um, pretty much, yeah, no, it was, it was good to get you on this week, Nicey, and hopefully you get a win in your all your leagues this week, buddy. Thanks, JB. To you too, mate. Hope, uh, hope you get the wins. All right, catch you later. <laughs>